So there it was. A there place it was. Of safety. Yeah, such as it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we slowed down a little bit because, like, it was, like, absolute minimum needed to get to Trollocs and then Trollocs, baby, for, like, yep. the first two episodes. We got a lot of Trollocs. Yeah. Very fast. We did get ourselves some Trollocs in this one, but <laughs> it was that moment of, oh, it might be a nice human. Does he care? Oh, no, he's nope, its guts. Nope. <laughs> and then he runs away and... God, the scene where Nynaeve takes care of that Trolloc was so cool. So great. I'm very glad we got that. And they didn't, like, linger on it too much? Yeah. Oh, they you mean... Are you talking about the, like, the cool sign at the end? Or just the whole scene? Uh, the, the whole scene. Yeah. Like, you know, they didn't take any more time than they absolutely needed to. Yeah, which I think was smart, because we yeah. already know that she survived. Like, in episode one, I was not sure. I was like, she just got Trolloc snatched and, like... Nobody's right. surviving, and I'm still kind of like, why did that Trolloc decide to drag her all the way over there <laughs> yeah. instead of just eating her yeah. guts in the, like, town commons like all the other ones did? But, uh, you know, like, I'm glad she's alive, so I will forgive them this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like they kind of spoiled it by end of episode two, her being alive, so it's like, okay, don't draw this out. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, a lesser show absolutely would have just, like, dragged it out and had little moments like oh will she survive that are yeah. completely have no dramatic tension because right. we know canonically she does yeah we've seen her totally yeah unless but, um, it was something wearing her face ah yes which uh, i guess is a thing later on in the book series but anyways not that often but yeah <laughs> yeah um i like this a lot i liked it being slower I mean, this, it really felt like a middle episode, you know, like everything's in motion, like Maureen's getting oh, yeah. sicker and like the two split bands of friends are like wandering and we just had an episode in this town that we're definitely not coming back to or ever no. again. I didn't even catch the town's name. I don't even know if they gave it one. It's just <laughs> random mining I, town. I think, I think the bartender mentioned it at oh, one point. Man. Oh yeah, probably. She was like, everyone yeah. in, and I didn't catch the name. Yeah. When she was going on about, like, we live our lives in the dirt here, and we dig in the dirt. Totally. And covered by the dirt. Which is, like, you know. She was great. Yeah, I, she was a very interesting character. Yeah, and I didn't see it coming. I just thought that, like, yeah, I just totally bought her story of I'm a, like, small mining town girl who's always wanted to get out. And I'm, yep. like, you know, I admire totally what believable. you guys are doing. And it's now more believable because I was kind of like wow she's kind of cutting them a break like she doesn't really have a reason to and I'm like ah I see why yep um and that's that's kind of on brand for like wheel of time because there totally. are a lot of things that in the moment you can be like what but kind of after the fact you'll gain more information that makes you think look back and go oh that's why this happened and sometimes yeah. it's you know a character motivation you don't know or it's an aspect of the world totally so I I thought that was just perfect what they did with her. Yeah, and I feel like they sort of distilled what is a long section in the first book, I Have the World, where Randon and Matt are on this long wandering journey to try to get to the White Tower. Yep. And they have a bunch of rando in encounters and things. Like, I don't remember any of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a blur of basically what this episode was, where they like chop wood and like play some songs to try to earn their supper, <laughs> and dark friends try to kill them. Like, that is the thing. There is a lot of dark friends happens. trying to kill them. <laughs> so I hope that they distilled that into this one scene and we're all done, because I don't need to. I think they're. Yeah, I don't think they're going to repeat it in the way that Jordan sort of draws it out. Well, then again, you know, we've gotten some of the repetition with, like, Perrin and Wolves. Already, yeah. Yeah, so They're, I think yeah, we might get a few out. more attempted Dark Friend assassinations. Yeah, but if we can uh, jump into next episode predictions, I... Oh. 
um, I do feel like the change is going to be that like my my prediction for them is that Rand and Matt get a mentor. Like Tom is going to change their dynamic entirely because he's a big character in the books and so we won't spoil anything, but obviously he's a cool dude. He knew about the Aiel which is like yep. came from very far away from where they are and I'm kind of interested why he was there at all. And he knew the words yeah. to say to bury them, which is like this dude is culturally aware. Mm -hmm. So he's a very worldly guy in a way that they aren't and I think he's just going to be this like Gandalf like figure guiding them into the wider world and also guiding us into it. Um, and I'm excited for that because I think that's going to be, I don't think that like that's going to last, but I think they need Gandalf for a while. Yeah, they just, need some direction. Yeah, just like Perrin and Egwene are kind of getting the Tuatha on as their Gandalf in some ways. Yeah. Or which, at least their place of respite. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little more place of respite just from what I remember from books. The early part of the series is a little foggier for me. But, uh, yeah, I think they have some Tuathan time. I think Egwene kind of takes a shine to one of the guys, so maybe she's going to take a shine to Aram. Um, I mean, I've been saying she could do better than Rand. <laughs> <laughs> but Rand in this episode was not particularly punchable. Right. Except for, like, you know, pulling back from Dark Friends Kiss. Yeah. Um, before we get into that, uh, my, my next episode prediction okay. is... Uh, we're going to start to see some Asadai politics. Yeah, totally. Because we had a bunch of sisters of different colors there, yeah. uh, different Ajas. And that hasn't really been a thing in the show yet, but it's such a huge such a part thing. of the books. Like, a lot of fantasy, you'll have, you know, like, kind of politicking with, like, noble houses and, right. like, how they're influencing the king. Here it's basically just the ladies who do magic are the yeah. ones doing the major politics. And they are in every throne room, like, controlling oh, yeah. all the politicking. Um, totally, because Moraine's goal is like diametrically opposed to them. They want yep. to find any dragon and control him. And Moraine's like, no, I need to find them and keep them safe so they can do what they need to. Yep. And so whatever the colors of the band that she's tracked down, although obviously the red is in control, and mm -hmm. the red, I don't think this is a spoiler, this is just background of time. The red yes. are the ones who are like all about controlling men because they go insane when they channel, and so they try to track down any channeling men and keep them from being a threat, and they're generally just not big fans of men. They're the only one who don't take warders. So that's right. why they didn't have warders with them. The other colors should, but... Particularly the green, which we did see at least one green Sedai there. Yeah, totally. They're the, the ones that are all, all about uh, just take, take as many warders as you want. They're the uh, polyamorous <laughs> Aes Sedai. <There laughs> Such are, as it is. There are, you know, gentle hints of that in the books. But, yeah, I think, gentle. That, I think that that... I think that her interactions with them and maybe hiding that Nynaeve could be the dragon, I think is going to right. be uh, is going to be the main driving force of the next one. Because honestly, like Matt and Rand going on a, like an adventure with Tom is kind of like middle and a little bit slower. And Perrin and Egwene having the safe place, those are not particularly compelling. That's True. kind of middle where after intense first couple episodes, now they're taking a rest and finding their feet before they really yeah. become proactive. Yeah, they'll kind of become like our, our B and C plots. And yeah, I think the AS and I are going to be the main. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Totally, totally. which is awesome because I'm so ready to see them. I think uh, Moraine is an awesome character. I love Lan. Nynaeve is a fucking badass. Yes. I am so glad. Okay, so <laughs> we're wandering around in our moments, but uh, okay. All right, anyways, we were talking about how Rand was punchable, and I said that Rand is actually not very punchable in this one. Right. I mean, I was kind of like, I kind of respect him even in the moment for not going for it with this lady because I think he's still, 
you know, like sorting out his feelings with the Gwen. He's not yep, just going to like jump into bed with random barmaid. And then she turns out to be a dark friend. So it's like, good yep. work, Rand. And in the meantime, <laughs> he decided to work for his damn supper while Matt was like, oh, I'm too moody to do this. Yeah. Which, you know, like you said in the, in the actual watch along, there's a little bit more of a reason There for that. will be capital R reasons. Capital R reasons. But, but yeah, <laughs> Rand is, I mean... There was Rand being like inconsistent about like no we have to get to the White Tower when yeah. before he's been like yeah that was weird yeah yeah but aside from that Rand was pretty good he was and actually likable and yes <laughs> yeah totally so he, he gets his moments and here we finally get to see some Rand moments yay you just had to get him away from Egwene so he stopped being such an asshole yes <laughs> really Matt had a like slightly punchable moment here and there. Mostly yeah, just his emo few. moment where he didn't want to chop wood. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I was... Okay, so... Uh, I'm just, like, reading my notes and saying now we're doing this section, but... Uh, I have considered this section Robert Jordan rolls in his grave. For ah, things that yes. are very different. I, I didn't spot too much, but okay. I know you had something you mentioned. Yeah, so I have one thing that kind of happens in two places. And that is that really, like... Okay, so people can use the one power as wildlings, where they kind of just figure it out. Right. And Egwene, like, really does that. And I think that was... A, like far too easy on her part because oh. she'd made a gem glow a couple of times with Maureen that is all she'd made it glow once with Maureen that's all she's done <laughs> and then she's like oh we need fire I channeled some fire like she didn't have to try it wasn't hard it did exactly what she wanted to but I mean they did leave that ambiguous because Perrin was like yeah, that's was, true. was that me or you he just like his whole and flint we did, we striking on like, chopping myself in the hand seemed yeah. very ineffectual. We didn't see, you know, like like the the weave. It's happening. true. Yeah, so, it's true. Okay, so it's not totally determined. But yeah. if it was like a hundred percent her, then I I agree with you. That was definitely too easy. Yeah, in the same way, I feel like we saw Rand quasi channel. He should oh, not yeah. have been able to break that door down. Yep. And we see him get like real Dragon Ball Z about it, and then he breaks it down. It's like yep. she knew the door, the place was like soundproof, and door was impregnable, and it looked really hard. So it's like, no, that's impossible. <laughs> Although um, you know, channeling is not the only possible explanation. There, I don't know what you're talking about, but now I feel dumb that I don't. <laughs> it's something the show oh, okay. has not touched on. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Which could also be an explanation it's, for why he would have gotten the girl if she hadn't been a dark friend. Yes, yes this it's, thing. it's the go-to explanation for many things that happen. Yeah, I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but I guess. Okay, let's not talk about it for now. Right. There, but, I, I think there is a different reason. Levi has a okay. different interpretation. I, Both I can, could be valid. I can buy his reason. Neither could be valid. I'm excited to talk about it when it comes up because as an author, I have feelings oh, about yes. what he did. The reason I'm referring to is it's an interesting reason, shall we say? It's yes. one of the bigger issues I have with the books. Yeah, and it's such a central part of it, and it's a central part yeah. of the whole metaphor of how the wheel weaves as the wheel wills, etc. Yeah. But it's kind of problematic. But not in a, like, hey, there's no gay people or whatever. I've been reading some articles, and apparently there are some, uh, like, hinted at same gender relationships in the Wheel of Time. I cannot think of any. Oh, I can think of a few. Are there? Yeah, like particularly among the Aes Sedai. Like oh, some of those ladies okay. some of those ladies shack up. 
okay all right yeah, yeah. they're they they it's very subtext it's super subtext but yeah. like it's but it there. Is there i mean huh I'm, that's true yeah okay nice yeah. That's yeah. awesome because I I want I want that to be a thing. I loved how forward it was in this one. Yes, how they're just joking <laughs> about it, and I just love fantasy's power to show like an alternate world where they don't have all the hangups that we do. Yep, you know because it's like it's just awesome to see her not have any stigma if he's with Matt. Him not have any. He's not offended by it. He's like, yeah. no, no, it's they not get, my thing. Like they, I could get a better dude if I wanted one. It yeah. was so cool. They get to basically make a no homo joke without yep. being like homophobic about yeah. it. Yeah. It's Hell brilliant. Yeah. And I, I wholeheartedly approve of that. He's just like, I happen to not be homo, but like, <laughs> you know, if I was, I would be laying down better meat than Matt. <laughs> and like, probably. <laughs> I am fairly punchable, but I think I would do it. <laughs> so I that um I think that was my favorite moment. Okay. Was, I think yeah. I think my favorite moment was probably um the bartender lady's kind of uh motive rant about oh, yes. how like that was you know, great. The dragon can save us. He yes. can break the wheel because it's very uh the wheel of time it tends to be very um Kind of on the side of moral, uh, being morally absolutist. You know, there's yeah. the light and then there's dark friends. And kind of, you know, you get some ambiguity as time more goes along. But it, at, at a basic level, it's very like, these people are in the right, these people are not. Yeah, and the people and who are not, they're all del- like they're all stupid, basically. Yeah, like, a lot of a them are very problem stupid. That I have with it. They, Even the people that are supposed to be like very clever and manipulative and scheming, they're very like... Not quite Saturday well, morning they, cartoon villain. Yeah, they still almost. ultimately all believe in this dumbass thing. They're like, I've seen <laughs> so many people get killed trying to do like at the whim of these higher powered people, but me, I'm gonna be the dark one's oh, yeah. best friend. They're all just trying to climb like the social ladder, and they don't see that there's a very bloody glass ceiling because, <laughs> like, it's just not. It doesn't make sense that they will believe in it. There is one dark friend in the series. So fucking cool. Revealed in book 14. Do you remember what I'm talking yes. about? Oh yes, my I god. Do. That I, is I'm dying they are to know, the best dark friend. Yes. I'm dying to know if Sanderson came up with that or if Jordan had it planned. It was amazing. I yeah. love that reveal. God, it was anyways. Anyway. But most yeah. of the dark friends are dumb and yeah. I feel like in the books. But this was so good. To me, this was like you know, like Thanos could have just been a dumb villain who wanted to kill half the people because oh, he's yeah. mean. And he's like, no, no, no. Ecological reasons, my friends. And it's yep. like, okay. Like, I can kind of sympathize with that. And Dark Friend here is almost like talking about breaking cycle of birth and death in like a Hindu or Buddhist sense. Yes. I'm like, that's awesome. That's actually a motive I can get behind. And it's entirely lacking from all 14 of the books that I've read so far <laughs> in the Wheel of Time series. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for fixing a giant, giant hole in problem. Yes. And Jordan, could you not have like I get that you don't want us to like bad people, but they it Sanderson brings because you haven't finished reading okay. all the books. Yeah. Sanderson brings a little more of that in at the very end. I think I've gotten a little taste of it. Okay. Yeah. But I, the first like you know, yeah, a lot of it, it's just 13, like, I am an pages. evil person, therefore I do evil. I want to, like, be evil, but I will succeed where everybody... Oh, no, they killed me because they were mad! Like, yeah, it's very almost like uh, like Sith in Star Wars levels of yeah. just, like, just kind of being evil 
because anyway. Yeah, I always love when you can at least understand the villain a little bit. You don't have to agree with them, but you can like see where they're coming from a little bit. Like her just having, you know, a completely shit life and being like, you know what? Totally. I haven't been outside to like the rest of the world, but there's probably these crappy little mining villages everywhere. Let's destroy everything. Yeah, and she has this dark, dark view of life. She's like, you're born in dirt, you work in it, and when you're done, they throw a couple shovelfuls, and then, very cool tying it up, we see that happen to the Aiel man who's dead. Yes. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's really clever. I didn't think about it until just now either. (laughs) That's super clever on their part. And, yeah, I think it made it so believable that she would become a dark friend. Mm -hmm. So... I really dearly hope that they keep doing that because it's a huge hole in the books. Yes. For me. And hopefully they can do it with more, uh, you know, I don't think, I don't think this lady per se appeared in the books. She might have been one of the string, the long string of assassins that I just don't remember. Okay. But I think she was just made out of whole cloth for the series. Yeah. If they can bring a little more of that into villains who are supposed to be a little more central and interesting and aren't always then that'll be fantastic yeah totally yes there are there are higher level villains who are equally cardboard in just very (laughs) disappointing ways in the books yeah yeah and uh yeah i had actually thought that uh she was going to be one of those higher level villains oh like when she started talking about like wow uh like eguin and i was like i thought of a specific character immediately who hasn't been mentioned I think but, I know who you're thinking about. Yeah. She, like, coming a, a couple books from now, like, maybe book four or yep. so. Yep. Yeah, I believe yeah, we're totally. thinking of the same person. Yep. Yeah, I really loved that she named Ishamile. Yes. I don't even remember, like, that being totally explicit in the books that he was a dragon that went over to the dark side. But it's really cool that they have their own prophet figure because Ishamile is a thing. Yep. And that, like... Yeah, I just think they can go a lot deeper with this breaking the cycle thing. Yeah. It's sort of like now good and evil, instead of just being dumb and smart, (laughs) is like fundamentally cynical or fundamentally hopeful. The cynics are like, let's just stop doing this bullshit existence thing. (laughs) And the hopeful ones are like, no, no, it's worth it. Like, it sucks. (laughs) We can save it. Sometimes we we get to love each other. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm so much more down to see that philosophical debate play out in all this stuff. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about Tom Marilyn a little okay. bit. Okay, yep. Because he is one of my favorite characters in the books. Yeah, he's awesome. He's great. I wasn't 100% on board with, like, the actor playing him at first. Yeah, but totally. As, as the episode, a little young. Yeah, a little, bit a little beefy. young. A little bit beefy, He's definitely. almost like... Exactly uh, how I was feeling. Yeah, like, uh, the Witcher looking. Yeah, yeah. He, he does, he does kind of look like Geralt. Yeah, yeah. of Rivia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I imagine Tom being a little bit more, like, slender and jester-like. Yeah, because... And older. Yeah. I mean, he's gray-haired, but... Yeah, gray-haired, but, like, I always figured... I always pictured him being a little more, like, you know, the kind of so old where you wouldn't picture him being able to put a knife through someone's throat. Yeah. And he still absolutely can. Yeah, Yeah, totally. The agility. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of more on board as we've gotten to the end. Yeah, I mean, I really like how they've written him. I think he's just a really unique take on Tom. They're not just like, we're doing Tom straight. They're like, we're doing a little bit of a grimmer and more, well, not more worldly, but just like, he just has his own vibe, which is cool. And this is a deep cut if you're not familiar with Magic the Gathering, or even if you are, but he looks like Soren from the Innistrad series. Oh, he is like a like picture yeah. perfect Soren. So wow. if you know what I'm talking about, 
Okay. You can be like, oh, yes, okay. And if you don't, well, you can Google a it. A little card, bonus but... wheels turning. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> totally. Um, do you have the episode in three words? Because I got some. I do. Um, mine is, and I mean, I know we were kind of doomed to this from canon, but don't split party. Ah, kind of classic yes. fantasy adventuring advice, but. The party's been split, and now everyone's kind of in a worse spot because of it. Yeah, you know, we totally. have some, we have some ways, some people, some mentors who can help get us back on track. But, like, land, just keep keep everybody together. Come yeah, on. totally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they tried kind of, but yeah. Rand and Matt climbed the Stony Mountain, and Perrin and Egwene yeah. went to the very different I, looking mountains. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Like, it was really cold down where they were. And I, pretty I almost warm wanted, like, was. if there was, if there was, this had a more comedic bent. I almost would have wanted them to like pull the camera back. We see them on like opposite sides <laughs> totally. of the same mountain or something <laughs> like that. As you started to say that, I was like, he's gonna say, "Don't split wood." This is Matt's three words. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I stand Matt Cawthon, but like in that moment, no. Come on, man. <laughs> Don't be a dick I know he's being so emo And anyway As mentioned There are capital R reasons But Yes What are your three words then? Uh Yup That's my knave <laughs> Cause yes. They did a great job Killing that Trolloc Giving smack to land, Not caring that she's a yep. prisoner And like Having a true healing heart But not letting anybody Tell her what to do Yep That, that very is so like, naive It's not a demand It's a threat Yeah she's like, <laughs> When she's like Tied up Like you're not able to move no, like, She's like It's a threat motherfucker Like Yeah that's, That is her to a I T I killed a Trolloc Alright <laughs> Not scared of you Lamb and Dragoran and yeah as mentioned because they're they have a long relationship in the books it's super cool to see the show started out this way i hope they get time to develop that and like look yeah. back on this and like see how it started because that was awesome mm -hmm. uh yeah damn good three words yeah thank you very much um man okay so a little bit more on the background of time i was thinking about um mm -hmm. yeah the just the song that um, Tom Marilyn sang, The Man Who Can't Forget. Would you agree that's Luz Theron? I would. Okay, I would. yeah, which is awesome. So there, this idea of the wheel of time turning is that like the, the cycle of life tends to repeat and the dark one will rise up and a dragon will rise up to fight him. And it's this, this constant repeating struggle that like mankind has to keep evil from taking over the world. And right. so like they never defeat the dark one completely but they have legends of the dragons before who did it well loose theron is one of them the the uh, this is not spoilers because it's the prologue to the first book of the series <laughs> it starts off with him like looking for his lover and realizing that he's gone completely fucking batshit crazy from using the one power because it's yep. tainted and killed everyone that he loves <laughs> and then like killing himself by making a giant mountain in the middle of the continent <laughs> yeah you know just being a little extra like that. yeah the that classic. is I've uh, the I've, classic epic fantasy prologue. Like the yep. reason that epic fantasy writers now shy away from prologues because everybody <laughs> has so many feelings about them that it's better to just not do it. Right? Is it in that prologue when we get that immortal line, "I win again, lose there," uh, or is that so. later? Yeah, because that's that's something the Dark One like says like as like dragons fail over and over. And yeah, it's, totally. Uh, it's great, or but not maybe not fail, just not win completely. You know? Yeah. But I love the I love the like the concept of that song saying the man who can't forget because like whoever the dragon turns out to be, they're going to start hearing echoes of yes. the dragons before and like maybe even being haunted by them. Whether it's a Shamile, which is awesome, or Loose Theron or the other ones that have happened, like it's just 
there was such a cool, subtle, like a nod to the people who know the mythology mm-hmm. and to the people who don't, perhaps it will like that seed will bear fruit in time. And if not, it's just like such cool set dressing. Yeah. Even if he was basically singing like a, his voice is somewhere between Kurt Cobain and Eddie Vedder. I was thinking Kurt Cobain. I was Cobain. like, what? <laughs> he had a real like Cobain yowl on there. I was he like, did. okay, you're modernizing this, but I feel like that's not going to age well. Like, <laughs> it was really interesting to, like, at this point, like take a almost 30 year old like popular musician and then put them in the fantasy world. <laughs> I mean,. You know, there's some other like popular series that I feel like have done this. Like, there's so much popular music in uh, that HBO series. Oh my God, what's it called? Where the robots are in an old West setting, Westworld. Westworld. Yeah, they have a ton of that, and I feel yeah. like there's was some of that in The Witcher, unless I missed my mark. Uh, or maybe it's been it's just a while since I've seen The Witcher. Music. Uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah. Okay. So, maybe I'm know. missing my mark. Anyways, it was cool. I liked yeah. it. I was just surprised that he had that Cobain yell on there. <laughs> um, yeah, that was one of the moments that made me kind of question, like, this is this is their Tom? This is their Tom Maryland? This is our Tom Maryland? Yeah. Okay, so uh, a couple of gripes before, before we wrap it up. Sure. Gripe number one, the Trollocs just fucking disappeared. Like, yep. They were so they bloodthirsty. Vanish. They would have surrounded Shadar Logoth, and if any of them had survived, they would have eaten them for breakfast. And they all just jump yep. in the moat and then wander away on their adventures. Come on. Yeah. That is I mean, way too convenient. I remember the, the, the pursuit like going on far longer in the books. Oh, there was a big old fight scene after they got out of Shadar Logoth where she had right. to use the Angriel and like she right. stretched herself too far and land throws down with a fade. You know, like, that's a whole thing. And in this one, there's, like, no party split in time. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that that, that doesn't just become a plot hole, but it might I just mean, become a plot hole. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Trollocs had, like, reasons, or maybe they'll reappear for some of the characters. But it just, maybe. It just felt a little bit too, like, in retrospect, deus ex, that the Trollocs came and they left as soon as we needed them to. Well, <laughs> for reasons that the show hasn't gotten to yet, eh... Well, it's also it's at, it's simultaneously really hard and way too easy to accuse Wheel of Time of Deus Ex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, that's true. Yeah, some of the some of the storytelling conventions don't totally apply to this series because Jordan fuckery. But Jordan fuckery. <laughs> yeah. Did, I did. You have any gripes? Um, my main gripe is I think it's cool that they're keeping up the like Perrin and like something with wolves. Yeah. But I think they're laying it on a little thick. Like, it's yeah. just a weird thing that's happening. And right. it seems... I'm tr- kind of trying to think about this <laughs> from the perspective of someone who has no idea, no exposure yeah. to the books. And it just seems like, why why are wolves, like, helping and not, like, trying to kill them? Yeah, because what we have think. we seen so far? They, like, came and Rando licked his wound. Yep. And then, which we didn't see at all. Maybe his wound is getting better. Mm-hmm. Like, and then there they were no beats of it. They chased them for a while and then stopped and just had. And Perrin was like, they led us here to like the, the tracks of the traveling people. Yeah. And they also ate his, uh, his axe chopped wife's guts in a dream. And I, that was, dream was fantastic. She was undead. It was, but like, okay. So it's a thing <laughs> in the series that there are a bunch of dreams that don't mean anything. And I oh, yes. totally start skimming whenever that happens. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because I'm like, okay, it means nothing. It's just like when they go to a town and they like he lists out the rumors that they hear in the end. I'm like, okay, skim this because it literally doesn't matter. And I yeah. had to like, I realized that I was writing like that sometimes. You'd be like, oh, Ooh, no. okay, here's the rumors part where I can just say a bunch of shit that's almost the plot but not the plot. And then I'd write it and be like, but that's not interesting or good. <laughs> so I need to delete that now. Yeah, the thing is, Robert Jordan, he never deleted. No, no, no. There was Even no deletion of words. He he should have deleted more. Uh, yes, but uh, uh, agree one hundred thirty percent. Yeah, the the wolves topic. for me like it's a little, it, it feels a little weird, and I feel like they need to do a little bit more with that if that's going to keep happening. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and, and I, I think they for will. Reasons things will happen. Just I'm worried they're going to delay it so much that it's just going to be like reveal of what the wolf thing is all about and yeah. then like it's not going to happen anymore because all the wolf stuff has already happened yeah totally i mean the one thing i can say is that this feels true to the source material because perrin fucking ruminates on shit without doing anything for a long time yeah and this essentially is ruminating in plot form we're gonna lay it on thick <laughs> but nothing's actually going to happen or change vis-a-vis perrin and the wolves we're just gonna like hint at it a little too hard for a little too long and that's how parent's story always goes so good work you're 100 percent right and i hate you for that <laughs> we're right in tune with the books oh. <laughs> um okay my other gripe is that ending of episode one bam we get the the wheel of time turns yes narrative voiceover is fucking so many feels for people who know the source material mm-hmm. episode I've two been waiting for it Nynaeve has got a knife to Lance's throat. Hell yeah. Episode yep. three. Oh, here's a rando dude. Yeah, he says he's the dragon. Yeah, like, no, there was no tension at all. Yeah, I, and we like, did not care. Levi and I, we we know, like, we know 100% yeah. who that dude in the cage is. And, and even, he is important. Even so, and, with yeah. that knowledge, the end of the episode is still like, okay? And without it, it's like, it's nothing. Yeah, it's kind of nothing. Like, they should have ended before that happened. Well, although I guess it kind of ties into, like, they haven't... Um, we don't know for sure who the dragon is. So, you know, it's possible uh, that Guy well, and Cage could actually of, be the dragon. But they, and, like, Maureen Maureen's been mistake. saying it's one of those five. Yeah, she could have. But then Dark Friend also said it's one of those five, which oh, I feel that, like was good. Cause damn, she, that's true. She sort of, like, damn. took it from being just Maureen's fantasy to being sort of objective. Because Rand and Matt can be like... Ah, the Dark One thinks it's one of us five, too. This is probably a thing. Right. We shouldn't go home anymore. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't considered it from that angle, so... Okay, yeah, never mind. Yeah, it's just I tried a... to defend the end of the episode. Yeah. I did. Yeah, it just is a tensionless episode ending, which sucks because they did it good twice. And I love me a good ending to a chapter or an episode, yeah. so... It doesn't always have to be, you know, some dramatic cliffhanger, but it should be something. This one, it just kind of left us with nothing. Yeah. I agree with you. But overall, there were some great moments in this oh, yeah. one. I was into it. Uh, yeah. I, I was honestly, the time passed so quickly that when the ending came and like the, the little like next episode thing popped up on our screen, I was like... I know, me too. I was like... I had this little oh. moment of, oh, God, we're already done? We're uh, here? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, real quick, any uh, other wheels turning for you? Yes. In I the interim? Have, I have a couple other wheels. Um <laughs> I stream on Twitch sometimes, and uh, I have another podcast going there that's about Pokemon, so I've been playing Pokemon. Nice. It has absolutely no connection to the Wheel of Time, but it's a thing I'm doing. I'm well, finding that it's... 
I was just going to say the Eyeless are sort of like a very advanced Pokemon oh, yeah. character. Maybe. But <laughs> you know they're just it's... collecting all the Trollocs. Got to collect oh my them all. God. I'm trying hard to play Pokemon. Uh, but yeah, it was a thing I did in my childhood and basically didn't touch for like 20 years. Now I'm yeah. going back to it and I'm like, oh, okay. I kind of didn't miss this. But there are some oh, okay. okay moments. Hmm. Uh, I also, more relevant to Wheel of Time, uh, I watched a little bit of the Netflix uh, Cowboy Bebop show. Which oh, is a, nice. Kind I've of heard like, good things. Yeah, like this is the adaptation of a very beloved book series. Yeah. That's a live action adaptation of a very beloved anime. Yeah. Which a lot of diehard anime, anime fans really do not like. Oh, interesting. I, I watched would... the first few episodes of the anime. I was into it. Yeah, I the live action. I am a little more positive on it for now, but I haven't mm. seen that much of it. There are, I have gripes with it, but it's also it kind of made me think about this and how interesting it is to see you know what decisions are made when adapting a work from another medium. Mm. And there, it's a yeah, little yeah, more. Totally. You can go a little more one to one, and they do because they're both visual. But I mean, here you know it's text on page to images on screen, actors saying lines, a little bit different, but still kind of interesting to think about. Hmm. What uh, what wheels are turning for you in between the uh, fatherly responsibilities? Yes, well, <laughs> as discussed, uh, between trying to build my own uh, fictional wheels and uh, to raise my children to uh, exist in our wheel of time, I don't have a lot of time to spin wheels, but I did finish that, um, I think I mentioned the short book. It's somewhere between a novella and a novel called uh, Elder Race by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Oh, yes. Uh, and yeah, he totally stuck the landing. It was awesome. Nice. I liked it. The book was just like, yeah, it's such a good like play on cultural differences based on technology. And ah. yeah, things resolve super well. He's just an amazing author. So I totally recommend that if you like settings that are so post-apocalyptic that they become fantasy again which is where we're at in wheel of time like you saw the skyscrapers in episode one yep and we know there have been so many like eras in this and in the books there was a very technological era before extremely i mean they go they go a little more like and i'm sure we'll get into it more in the show it's a little more uh, almost magitech versus technology but it was very advanced regardless. But to quote Asimov, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And in the yes. in Wheel of Time, we only get the perspective of the like lowly fantasy era people looking back on it and thinking it was magical. The cool thing about Elder Race is that there's two point of views and one of those is though I is the person who's in it and sees this second-rate anthropologist with a lot of technology as a sorcerer. And he's like, I'm not a sorcerer. I just have some machines. We just know about the laws of nature and we use them. And so we get his perspective on how like boring and shitty his technology is. Whereas she's like, you're a sorcerer. Uh, and that like, yeah, that point of view contrast is super cool. Like he can't even, he tries to say things like scientist, but he's using like his AI to speak in her language and it just keeps coming out as wizard sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that's super fun. And then uh, I have been watching uh, all the episodes that are out so far of the Hawkeye miniseries on Disney Plus in oh. Marvel. And with the one that came out about the Scarlet Witch, um, whatever that one was called, and the one that was uh, Winter Falcon, Winter Soldier and Falcon. You can care that I tell that I don't totally care about these, but <laughs> I always have this experience of like, wow, I don't care about this side character, and I watch them like, oh, I'm super into this. This is great. Marvel is so good at like <laughs> writing and making all the things. And Hawkeye, I'm like, yeah, I guess I could watch the next episode. <laughs> it's just like 
so low stakes and the characters are so low powered that I kind of don't give a shit. Like Falcon and the Winter Soldier were still sort of trying to stop World Apocalypse and the Scarlet Witch, I don't know why I can't remember the name of this because uh, everybody loved that, was like really cool. It was like dealing with grief and longing and they were main characters from the Avengers. And this is like the worst character in the Avengers, hands down, teaches somebody <laughs> who's worse than him to like kind of not suck. So, hmm. I don't know. I'm not super into it, but I think there's still a few episodes left, so maybe it'll get better. Maybe they'll bring it back. I find that usually, you know, if you... Although, sometimes it's just a question of what stories you're consuming. I find yeah. if, I, if, I, if I've got a lot of this very epic stuff, you know, the fate of existence, the fate of the world, whatever is at stake, yeah. and then I consume something that's more, like, narrowed down, like, like uh, oh, this particular city yeah, is having totally. a problem. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, we can get really detailed. I'm into this, but... You know, sometimes you don't have a compelling enough small problem in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's actually really good writing when you can make low stakes still be really engaging because it's sort of right. lazy, and this happens in epic fantasy so much. It's like, the fate of the world is in his hands. Like, yep. okay, so I guess, of course, we care because we don't want the world to end, but dark friends do. But, like, right. <laughs> to get us to care just about, like, if we just stayed in the two rivers and they had to defend themselves against Trollocs, to get us to just care about that village and, like, the crazy drunk lady who pitchforked the Trollocs. <laughs> yes. Like, that, that takes, like, more careful and good nuanced mm -hmm. writing, so. Because you can't really up the stakes, like, more and more. And eventually you get this problem with, you know, Epic Fantasy 2 where you can't, you know, you might be able to have, like, ooh, it's actually two worlds that are at stake. But yeah. at a certain point you're like, cool. Like, I actually have that issue with some of Marvel like the yeah. stakes are so high that right. I can't Thanos really like, like kill half of really like, envision them the multiverse yeah and it's yeah. kind of like you know uh, cut on your thumb is a tragedy a thousand deaths is a statistic kind yeah, of thing yeah totally where it's not super like relatable yeah totally yep I agree so I'm hoping that they can like bring Hawkeye back around and make me care about these low stakes mm. I do care about the characters but like I don't have as much faith they're going to stick the landing on this one. So anyway, that's how I that see. wheel is turning for me. But uh, We have thank gone you. quite long this yeah, time. Yeah, this is a super like double long after <laughs> show for some reason. Uh, but that was a good episode. Thanks yeah. for listening to us to the bitter end of our after show. <laughs> yes, you're great. Thank you for sticking around. Yep. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast, we do have a watch along as well where we, we watch and we make some of the comments that we reference here just like along with the thing. Um, and we have that just on YouTube. So look for yep. Watch Along of Time on YouTube, and you can actually watch the episode with us as well as listen to us meander in our thoughts about said episode. <laughs> yes, or just, you know, make dumb crack, crack jokes or predictions about what's going to come out of their mouths next. Yes. And occasionally get it right. Yeah, and probably most of the time wrong, but hopefully in entertaining ways. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. So until the next episode, friends. The watch uh, along of time keeps turning. This was neither a beginning or a god. I always fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, we'll get it right. We will. That'll well. be the end of season growth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Till next time, y'all. Good night. <laughs>